0: Welcome to the Hack My Solar Podcast, providing off-grid solutions for an on-grid world. Our goal is to give you ideas and information that you can utilize in your own life to increase your self-sufficiency and independence. Hey everybody and welcome to the Hack My Solar Podcast. This is Sean Mills and today we're going to talk about batteries and the maintenance required when you have batteries in an off-grid system. Now, it, this is one of the biggest differences between a grid-tied system and an off-grid system. A grid-tied system just sits there and generates electricity either for your home use or to be fed back onto the grid, whereas the battery bank in an off-grid system adds a complete new level of complexity. We are now storing the electricity or the excess in the battery bank and then going back to it drawing it out when we're generating less electricity than we need for the appliances in our house so you know depending on the type of battery bank we install we have a different level of maintenance for the purposes of today's discussion we're gonna focus on flooded lead acid batteries so Right at the beginning, let's talk about the chemistry that happens inside a flooded lead acid battery that results in the creation or storage of electricity. So you have a positive plate and you have a negative plate. The positive plate is covered with a paste of lead dioxide and the negative plate is called sponge lead. Uh, They're both pretty soft. And they are like kind of uh, a waffle shape to increase the surface area that is in contact with the electrolyte, also known as sulfuric acid. So when you're using electricity from the battery, oxygen molecules from the positive plate combined with hydrogen molecules in the, uh, from the acid to form water, or H2O. There is now a free sulfate molecule in the acid which combines with the lead in the positive plate to form lead sulfate. The same thing happens on the negative plate. So you have lead sulfate, you have water. This chemical conversion ends up diluting the acid and the more discharge you have, the more diluted it becomes. If you have a battery that's discharged quite a bit, it will actually freeze at temperatures that are much higher than a fully charged lead acid battery. If you have a fully charged lead acid battery, you could be somewhere around 70 degrees below zero. And because the electrolyte is primarily sulfuric acid, it won't freeze. A fully discharged battery, you start getting close to zero degrees, you're gonna start seeing uh, freezing. Now when you are charging the battery back up, the reverse happens. The uh, negative lead plate which is covered in lead sulfate separates back out into lead and the sulfate molecule is released to combine with hydrogen and once again you have sulfuric acid the positive lead plate recombines with the leftover oxygen molecule in the water releasing hydrogen gas. So this is the hydrogen gas that they talk about during off-gassing that you need to be aware of. So you build a vented battery box and vent the air to the outside so you don't have a buildup of hydrogen gas. So we know that the sulfate molecules forming lead sulfate is part of the process but when sulfate crystals begin to build up on the plates during the discharge process this is called sulfation. If we don't fully recharge the battery or we leave the battery in a discharge state for a long period of time these sulfate crystals begin to grow on the lead plates and reduce its ability to change and interchange molecules with the electrolyte to either store or to release energy. The buildup of sulfation can also cause other issues. It can flake off and build up underneath the plates to the point where it actually shorts out uh, the positive and negative plates And while battery sulfation is a normal part of the charge recharge cycle, if we don't properly maintain the batteries, we really reduce the amount of life it's going to have. And the further the depth of discharge on those batteries, the greater the buildup and at times the more irreversible the damage becomes to the individual plates. I'm not a chemist, but I have been told if you take your battery down below 50% depth of discharge, you're probably, every single time you do that, creating irreversible damage. So with that little chemistry lesson in mind, Let's talk a little bit about the different levels of charging that you put into lead-acid batteries. So, you the first one is absorption. So the absorption stage is I'm sorry. The bulk charging is the first stage. Uh the first stage is we want to put lots of voltage into the battery. We want it, we want to just punch power into that battery let it soak up as much as it can relatively quickly once we get to a certain state of charge then we're going to back off to the absorption stage so at the absorption absorption stage the voltage is held constant at the maximum level and the current starts to decrease until the battery is fully charged once you get to that level you have what's called float charging now, float charging is like, is just trickle charging. It's just it's a little bit of um, of uh, voltage flowing in there just to keep the battery topped off. That's that's what float charging is. And here in a minute, we're going to talk about equalization also, which is another type of charging, uh, which it's overcharging, and we're doing that for a specific reason. But we're not ready to go into those details yet. But that would be the fourth phase of charging so first let's talk about a couple of the easier steps of battery maintenance you will notice as you use your battery bank that you're going to have corrosion build up on the terminals and connections just like you do in your car battery at times the best way that i have found to clean that is to completely take your wires off disconnect everything clean the battery terminals and the connections individually with a mixture of baking soda and distilled water and a wire brush. You'll find that just the uh, baking soda and water will take the vast majority of any corrosion off and you want to be very careful that you don't get any of this water in the water compartment in the electrolyte compartment of the individual cells. So make sure everything is buttoned up on top and then you can pour this stuff on your terminals. Use your wire brush to clean up any gunk that won't easily come off. This should be a pretty easy, pretty straightforward process unless you really allow it to get bad, but just don't allow it to get bad. And it's a pretty simple process. I do it about once a quarter, and a lot of times I'm taking off connections that really don't even have anything on them. It's just part of the process now. You want to regularly check the fluid level inside your batteries. And again, we're talking about flooded lead acid, but what you're going to do is you're going to take the battery caps off. You may have individual caps for each cell, or you may have one cap that covers all of the cells just depending on the type of battery you have. But you'll take those off and then you'll add distilled water. Some of your batteries have a fill line and others, the battery manufacturer might say fill it to just above the top level of the plates or something like that. Whatever the manufacturer says to do, do that, but ensure you do it with distilled water. You don't want any minerals or anything else like that in the water because as we just talked about, when we start having that chemical reaction, if we've got excess minerals in the water, they could increase the amount of sulfation that happens on your battery. For the next maintenance step, you're gonna want to have what's called an hydrometer. You can get them on Amazon, they're pretty cheap. I'm not gonna go into what exactly a hydrometer does in terms of the specifics, but in terms of specifics, it measures the specific gravity of the electrolyte. You can utilize that those numbers to determine your state of charge. So for a 12 volt system, if you're at 100% state of charge, your voltage is going to read 12.7 volts under no load. So you'll have, if you have no loads and no charging to the battery for 30 minutes and you take a volt meeting, meter reading, it should read 12.7 volts for 100% state of dis, dis, dip, discharge on a 12 volt system. If it's If you're checking a 6-volt battery, it would be half of that. If it's a 24-volt, you would double it. If it's a 48-volt, you would quadruple it. The math works all the way through. But when you take a reading of the electrolyte, the hydrometer will give you a specific gravity. So the specific gravity for that 100% depth of discharge would be, it would read 1.26. You want to take this specific gravity reading based on the instructions that come with your hydrometer for every single cell. The goal is for the specific gravity to be the same across every single cell. What you'll discover is that at times you may have a cell with a lower specific gravity. This means it's not charging at the same rate as the others, or it's discharging at a faster rate uh, compared to the others. A fraction of an ohm of added resistance in one cell can reduce the life of the battery bank because we talked about the fact that we need to get back up to 100% depth of discharge in order to reverse the effects of sulfation. Well, if we have one cell that can only get to 80%, it's going to prevent the rest of the cells in that string from getting any higher than 80%. Different manufacturers have different reasoning behind their, you know, I think Trojan says equalize once a year. So what's equalization? Equalization is overcharging to get all of those cells up to the same or equal level. That's why it's called equalization. We're putting more charge in to just kind of burn off of that garbage and get everything to the same level. There's a very specific process for that. Typically, your battery charger, or if you have an inverter charger, it will have an equalization setting where you can set your charger to equalize the battery bank when it has the right amount of power coming in. Some people say it do once every six months. Some people say it just do it whenever it's needed. Because we do things and we plan loads for certain times where we're gonna be running our generator, we pretty much try to equalize every other week. So we we give a little bit of overcharge every other week. It's not enough to damage the battery bank. It's enough to reverse any damage that we may have already done to the battery bank throughout the course of you know a couple of weeks. And the reality is sometimes we maybe go four or even six weeks in between doing it, just depending on the amount of use, the amount of solar energy that we're getting in there. If we get a couple you know rain days where we're really drawing down on that depth of discharge, we may make sure, hey, next weekend we need to go ahead and make sure the equalization gets done, get everything back up to that tip top shape. And that's allowed us to have, you know, batteries that have about a five year shelf life and they've been in our system for five years and they're doing just fine. We will be replacing them and, and recycling them into a different system eventually. Maybe this year, maybe next year. But there's plenty of life left in those batteries because we've really tried to make sure that we baby them so that they last as long as we could get them to last. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you the equalization process from the trojanbattery.com website. So this says number one for flooded batteries only. Equalizing is an overcharge performed on flooded lead acid batteries after they have been fully charged. It reverses the buildup of negative chemical effects like stratification, a condition where acid concentration is greater at the bottom of the battery than at the top. Equalizing also helps to remove sulfate crystals that might have built up on the plates. If left unchecked, this condition called sulfation will reduce the overall capacity of the battery. Many experts recommend that batteries be equalized periodically, ranging anywhere from once a month to once or twice per year. However, Trojan only recommends equalizing when low or wide-ranging specific gravity, which would be greater than .030, are detected after fully recharging a battery. Step one, verify the batteries are flooded type. Step two, remove all loads from the batteries. Step three, connect the battery charger. Step four, set charger for the equalizing voltage. There, and that would be based on uh, the type of battery and the battery bank size. If your charger doesn't have an equalization mode, you can unplug the charger and replug it back in. This will, this also will conduct the equalization charge. Step five, start charging the batteries. Step six, batteries will be, begin gassing and bubbling vigorously. I can attest to this. Sounds like you're boiling water. Uh, step 7, take specific gravity readings every hour. Step 8, equalization is complete when specific gravity values no longer rise during the gassing stage. I will also mention, based on the level of gassing and bubbling that you see, you may need to add water during this process. But essentially, there's the step-by-step directions for equalizing straight from TrojanBattery.com. And really the last step I'll mention is just monitor the batteries, monitor the, the depth of discharge. If you've got generator backup, run the generator when it's starting to get low, keeping the batteries, you know, within 20% or 25% of the, uh, you know, maximum depth of, depth of discharge that you're comfortable with or, or above is really going to increase the life. It's going to reduce the amount of sulfation buildup, regularly equalizing, burning that sulfation off, maintaining the, the, the fluid level, all of these things. And then, like I said, cleaning the, the contacts. All of these things are really going to help extend your battery life and allow you to get the amount of energy out that you need when you need it. The battery bank, like I've said before, is one of the biggest costs over the lifetime of the system. So anything that you can do to properly maintain that, to extend that life, is going to reduce the overall cost over the life of the system. Well, that's all I've got today, guys. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at sean at hackmysolar.com. Or you can leave comments on the blog posts uh, at hackmysolar.com slash blog. Um, I really appreciate you joining me. The next episode is not going to have anything to do with math, I promise. Well, maybe a little bit of math. But not like this one or or this one was chemistry and some of the other ones. Uh, It's actually going to be a commentary um, on, on some things going on in the industry and uh just want to share some thoughts and, and maybe even get some feedback. If you've got any other questions that you want to send to me and have me cover in a future podcast, once again, just email them to me at Sean at dot com. do want to mention we do have a Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash HackMySolar if you want to throw a question out there. Or you can even comment uh, after we share the podcast episodes. You could put comments in there and we can have a discussion. But, uh, yeah, feel free to check those out and looking forward to talking to you next time.